Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and this week we're going to be reviewing the 2018 Netflix horror film Bird Box, directed by Suzanne Bier and starring Sandra Bullock, John Malkovich, and Trevante Rhodes. Um, I chose this one because I feel like this movie's literally blown up the internet in like the past few weeks. Brian, have you been hearing a lot of noise about this one? I, yes and no. I've been hearing rumblings about it, but I'm just like so out of touch. I did, not until like <laughs> today did I realize that this had like taken over the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you on Instagram at all? I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I've been noticing for like weeks, like a bunch of memes about this and it, it took me a while to like connect. Oh, that's, that's Bird Box everyone's referring to. Um, but it's, it's really like started this whole trend of like a lot of people copying it. It's like infiltrating pop culture in a big way. And I think this is like the most successful movie that Netflix has put out. Did you, you read any stats on that? Yeah, they said Bird Box had the biggest seven day viewership for any of its original films to date with over 45 million accounts with views defined by the company as the film streaming for over 70% of its time. Wow. I mean, I, I believe it. Like if you look at the hype that's out there. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And it's interesting, too, because I think the fact that everybody is watching this movie, not just horror fans, is contributing to some of the opinions out there on this movie. Yeah, it's, it's it seems like a very divided uh, and polarizing film, right? It does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but why do you think everyone is, like, flocking to see this movie? Because horror, I don't think, has been, like, a sought-out genre. Uh, so I, I wonder what it is about this movie that's getting everyone... Like, you know, even people who don't generally like horror films or are interested in this uh, jumping in. Is it, do you think it's Sandra Bullock? I think that's part of it. Um, I read an article on the website Vox tonight, V-O-X, mm-hmm. and it was titled, Why Are Bird Box Memes So Popular? It's Complicated. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> I would just recommend <laughs> reading that article to anybody. They did a better job than I could, but yeah, the general gist of it to me was that their theory was it came out on December 21st when people were together for holidays. Sure. And, or if they weren't then, they were about to be soon and like looking for something to watch. Yeah. And it had Sandra Bullock in it. So (laughs) I could see this being like something young people were like, let's pull up Netflix. And like, they're like, we could watch this. It has Sandra Bullock in it. And their parents might be like, oh, okay, Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And then that happened and then while families were together and people had time on their hands over the holidays they're like well let's let's do these memes or like yeah yep make this video or do the bird box challenge and then so i just think that the that instagram and social media can make things take off like lightning yeah i think you're right i mean it's kind of a phenomenon there where yeah good good timing to put a movie out where people are kind of desperate for some escape uh sandra bullock looking young as she always is and then uh, the, the the gift of uh, Instagram and uh, the power of like influencing others. I, I think what got me was uh, I saw I saw a good meme comparing it to a scene from The Office where Andy's like floating on the river in that sumo suit. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, and like Sandra Bullock's like on a boat, uh, you know, going past him with the with the blindfold on. There are some decent memes out there too, so I think that's. <laughs> that's part of it. Like, if anything yeah. that's memeable is just gonna travel like lightning. Yeah, yeah, really, really got viral. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's the formula for success. Then make something, put it, put it out at a good time, have some good star power, 
and make it memeable. Yeah, I was going to complain about that. Um, but uh, so so this film, uh, the basic premise, uh, very similar to like a zombie movie or something, but basically there's some kind of epidemic that is making people uh, kill themselves. And the only way to avoid it is to like close your eyes uh, or, or not look outside. Um, otherwise, if you see it, you're going to kill yourself. And the movie follows uh, a group of survivors who are you know, navigating uh, this ep- epidemic that's breaking out. Um, Brian, would, I mean, would you say like there was anything original about this movie in terms of you know, the, the concept or, or the genre, or did this feel, feel very similar? Yes and no. Like it's getting a lot of comparisons to a quiet place or hush, like yeah, um, something where the characters can't rely on their senses. Yep. Um, but I think, and I mean, there's definitely stuff. Like I think even like a Medusa in like mythology, if you look at your turn to stone, like it's not necessarily an entirely new concept, but I think it's a little bit original compared to like most horror movie setups, like. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I see. I see what you're saying. Like, uh, it, it 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 combines things uniquely, things that generally yeah. like haven't gone together in the past. Um, but I I do think it's taking familiar concepts and putting them together. So I, there's some originality to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that, and I think a lot of movies, except for like the truly original ones, are just taking a whole bunch of tropes, and. Um, like formulas and putting them together. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think that's a lot of people's complaints with this movie mm-hmm. are about like how it's so formulaic and predictable and, um, yeah. but I don't know. You could say that about a lot of movies. I know. I know. Right. I mean, originality is, is I mean, we can't all be, um, that guy who's doing us and, uh, um, oh, shoot. What was that big Jordan one? Jordan Peele. Yeah. Jordan Peele. What was that movie? He, oh, get out. Right. <laughs> Man, you always forget the name of like super prominent movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably what I should remember. I got to write that on the back of my hand next time. <laughs> what's this? What's this podcast called? Supposed to be a horror podcast, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's unfair to assume that every movie would have that level of originality. Uh, but I, I, I don't know, like the, even watching this, like even from the premise, like people are immediately drawing, like, wasn't this like what the happening was about? It was like, you know, something's going on that you can't see and it just like makes you kill yourself. And, and that's kind of like what, what my viewing experience started like, but then you're right. Like you start to draw comparisons to uh, a quiet place. Um, or yeah, like, like hush, like things about senses and putting those out. So, um, it, I think it does kind of follow along that line. Was I never saw the happening? Were people killing themselves in that? Yeah, that's exactly how the happening goes. It's uh, you know, like yeah, people just start killing themselves randomly, and it's like something that's being driven by like some something with nature. Uh, I mean, I think at the end they try to say it's like nature's like fighting back against humans. So this one felt a little more plausible or a little more interesting in terms of who the okay. uh, the bad guy was in this one. Okay, well, I've never seen the happening, so maybe this felt a little more original to me. I thought the the suicide aspect of it was pretty haunting. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the visuals that come with like people just committing them uh, committing suicide is pretty, uh, yeah, troubling, disturbing to yeah. see. Uh, also, we should explain like a lot of the memes and and the bird box challenge, like what that is. If people aren't familiar with this movie, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> since you can't look at this thing that makes people um, kill themselves. The characters are blindfolded a lot of times. So like people, the bird box challenge is like trying to do 
everyday stuff with a blindfold on or like going a certain distance with a blindfold on. Yeah. And it's just people being really dumb. But then like the memes, the memes could have to do with blindfolds or just general memes about the plot of the movie. Yeah, right. General scenes from there. Um, are we, I think we're doing the bird box challenge right now, right? We're doing this podcast wearing blindfolds. <laughs> Surprise everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing. It's an audio bird box challenge. <laughs> I know. No visual evidence. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, while you were comparing this to, uh, like hush and a quiet place, so a quiet place, uh, well, I guess a quiet place and hush both were, um, things where like the, the people couldn't hear it. Right. So you had to be really quiet. And then this one, you, you had to like kind of keep your eyes closed and you couldn't see so you're kind of like blinded in this world i wonder if they're ever going to get to the other senses like is there a movie gonna is there a movie gonna come out like about someone who can't taste stuff or like if you taste it you're gonna die or what about a smell thing like if you smelt it you dealt it kind of thing but if you smell it you're gonna die you, th- you think you think this is gonna like expand beyond uh these senses into those other ones i could see like a uh, low budget production company that does horror spoofs doing something like that yeah yeah, that'd be. I really could see that coming, and it would probably be pretty funny. I know. Yeah, I think we have a really good time with that one. Yeah. <laughs> if you smell them, you're gonna die. <laughs> uh, man, killer farts or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that could be the title, killer farts or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's hop off this podcast and start scripting this out. Uh, uh, also, those movies, not the happening. I can't remember when the happening came out, but. This was based on a novel from 2014, so that was mm-hmm. before Hush or the or um, oh, Quiet, Quiet Place. Place. Yeah, sure, right. I, I think Half- Happening might have been like uh, 2006, 2008, around that time. That sounds about right. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. This is based off of, off a novel, which it sounds like the novel is supposed to be pretty good, um, especially if it's fond a movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, any? Uh, would you compare this to like zombie movies as well, like the zombie genre? Yeah, I mean there are, there are no zombies, but it's post-apocalyptic. Oh yeah, right. Um, and it has a lot of those tropes that zombie movies have. Um, the like survivor the cast of characters all trapped in a place together, and how their personalities clash and decisions. Yeah. Group decisions on how best to survive and how to be safe. Yeah, a lot of movies with that premise, I feel like, are more about like the human interaction and the decision making, and that's kind of what makes it interesting. Which I thought this yeah. would be captured okay. Yeah, I thought so too. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to be defending this movie. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> this should be good then. Uh the screenplay is written by a guy who's pretty famous and has been around Eric uh Heiserer. Uh I think he's Yeah, written... I didn't look into him. Yeah, he he wrote uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Final Destination Part 5, uh The Thing. It, it sounds like he's got a pretty long resume of horror films. Oh, damn, man. Cool. I'm glad you looked into that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I, um, I mean, the, the director here, I, I think she's only done um, some foreign films. Um, I forget, maybe she's Norwegian or something. Um, she's a TV show called The Night Manager. Have you seen that one? I haven't, no, but I think she won an Emmy for that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like she's she's won a few awards for her films and for that show. Um, yeah, she's got an Academy Award, an Emmy, and a Golden Globe. Wow. Oh, my God. That's Even awesome. though I hadn't really heard of anything she had done. but Yeah, yeah. It does make me want to check her out. Um, and I think this is her first horror film. Which is interesting, um, and yeah, obviously like success. It. Yeah, um, have you seen Sandra Bullock in a while? Uh, I saw her in Ocean's Eight. Was probably the last thing I saw her uh, in with um, Sarah Paulson, who was also in this. Oh, Sarah Paulson was her sister in this one. Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't realize she was in Ocean's Eight too. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I hadn't seen Sandra Bullock in a while. I, I missed Ocean's Eight, 
but I, I feel like it'd been a few years since I'd seen her in a film. So was, I, I thought this might have been her comeback, but it was a big year for her then between Ocean's Eight and this one. Uh, she was in Gravity too a couple years ago. Ah, uh, man, Gravity was like what was that like 2015, 14, 15? I can't remember now. Yeah, that was that was a good one though. She's yeah, she's actually a really good actress. I, I you know, man, I I always have this thing in my mind that I don't like her. Yeah. But I liked her a lot in Gravity, and I liked her in, uh, I liked her in this. Yeah, I know, I know. She's like just one of those people that like you feel like you're not supposed to like or be a fan of, but she's actually like done some pretty decent films. I thought her best work was the Miss Congeniality series. Uh, I never saw any of those. Oh man, they're so funny. She's so good. <laughs> she's so believable as an undercover cop that's in a beauty pageant. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check those out. <laughs> yeah, make sure to check out all the parts. Um, I, I thought there's a subplot in this movie about how she like looks younger than she ever has looked before. I, I, was, I was amazed. Like she's in her fifties, and like in this movie, like she's portrayed as like you know a, a young uh, a young artist who's like you know having a kid for the first time, and she looked like she's in her twenties or early thirties. Thought she looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I know how she does it. Um, John Malkovich, uh, great to see him back on, on film, but, uh, I, I'm a big fan of his. Do you like him at all? I do. I haven't seen him in that much really, but, uh, yeah, I really liked being John Malkovich and <laughs> I liked Con Air as a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love his... <laughs> He's just like one of those characters that I think like always brings like a certain energy or angerness to like each role and, um, it, it kind of fit, fit this one. Yeah. I feel like he does a lot of theater too. He's like a legit actor. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he definitely knows his chops. And then yeah. uh, Trevant uh, Rhodes, I guess he's he's in Moonlight, which I never saw that one. Did you see that? I did see that. That was great. Oh, okay. So he uh, he sounds like a really good actor as well. Yeah, yeah, he was good in that too. So for pretty, I mean, that, that's a pretty loaded cast uh, for like a Netflix yeah. film. And then uh, Lil Ren Howery was, uh, he was in Get Out. He was like the dude's friend in Get Out, the main character's friend. Oh, really? Uh, the guy um, who's like on the phone with them? Yeah, he was like out. the comic relief in Get Out. Oh, okay. When he, was he the guy who was like trapped in the house in, in Bird Box? Who was like kind of explaining everything to them? Or putting stuff yeah, together? Yeah, he was basically, and that was one one thing that did annoy me about this movie. He was the exact same character as he was in Get Out. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty blatant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's too bad. Kind of getting typecasted. Um, and uh, d- did you recognize the homeowner? Um, the actor's name is B.D. Wong. Nah, his name sounded familiar, but I don't know if I've seen him anywhere. He was Dr. Wu from Jurassic Park. Whoa. Uh, wait, the original Jurassic Park? Yeah. Wow, so he was the guy who came up with the whole... Was he the one like te- uh, the dino DM- DNA? Uh, yeah, it was like right... I think it was right after they watched that dino DNA thing and then they went to the room with all the eggs and stuff. Yeah. He was the guy like explaining everything to them. <laughs> That's awesome. Hopefully he's done something since, right? Have <laughs> you seen that in Bird Box? Uh, I think he was in the new... Oh, God, what are they calling it? Jurassic World. Oh, Jurassic World. World. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His, his na- he seems like his name was... Uh, it sounded really familiar. Like I couldn't place him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So yeah, good cast there. Um, and then the music here was done by uh, Trent Reznor and uh, Atticus, um, some guy named Atticus, right? Atticus Ross, yeah. And uh, that, that's that's the guy from Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, and that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they uh, they have worked on a few movies together to do the scores. They did um, 
Social Network. They did. They won an Academy Award for that. Yeah. And they did Gone Girl and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. So they always just like kind of team up together and do these movie scores. Yeah, and Atticus Ross um, has been a Nine Inch Nails member since 2016. So I. The two oh. of them, I think, have a long history of collaboration. Oh, okay. I didn't know Atticus was in Nine Inch Nails. I thought that was always like a solo project, but it makes I sense. I think it really traditionally was, but yeah, he's only been a member for the past two years. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just thinking about your Ohio connections on this one. I feel like there, there are a few ways on this you could go. Uh, yeah, Trent Reznor lived in Cleveland for some of his life. Right. Yeah, I always thought he was like from Ravenna or something. Yeah, you got. It sounds like you got another one up your sleeve. I do too. Oh yeah. Well, it's another musician, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the you you want to say it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a small role in this. One of the dudes trapped in the house, who is played by a musician named Machine Gun Kelly from Cleveland, Ohio, a rapper. Yeah, I never realized that guy's from Cleveland, Ohio. Have you ever listened to his stuff? I had never heard of him. Oh, the name sounded really familiar, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, but I, I, he must be like a big, uh, he's, he's a rapper, right? Yeah, and Machine Gun Kelly is a gangster from like the 30s or something like that too. Oh, oh okay, okay. Oh, maybe this guy is lower key than, than I thought. Maybe I'm getting confused with the, the 1930s reference. Um, Could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any, any other uh, interesting facts about this one? I think mostly it's just the cast and what they've been. $19.8 million budget. We talked about how it blew up in the first week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's on, about most of what I got. Yeah, very polarizing reviews. I think it's got like 60-some percent on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's like 60-some critics and 60-some percent um, audience score too. Like there are people out there who really hate this movie and yeah. think it's very dumb. Yeah, there are. <laughs> and they're very vocal about it too. I feel like yeah, they are. are out there smashing it, yeah. And I think part of that is like it blew up in popularity so fast. Anytime that happens, there's going to be a strong backlash too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And you had a lot of people, I feel like you had a lot of people watching this who just, I don't know, they wanted to play. Plot holes are going to be inherent in a concept like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't explain every aspect of the unexplainable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, like, people, I think people who watch a lot of horror movies might be more lenient on things like that, but people who don't are more, more likely to likely to poke poke at it. <laughs> Wait. That's but, just a yeah. personal theory, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess when you have this mass appeal, you're going to get some non-believers in the door that don't know the rules of horror. You're going to question yeah. some of the things we've all, you know, gotten used to over the years. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's, that's only fair. Um, well, cool. I, let's uh, take a quick break, and then we'll talk about the, the plot and, uh, and a review of it. Um, I'm going to go cut some vegetables really quick, so I'll be back. Sounds good. All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, you get those vegetables cut up? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it's tough. I was doing the bird box challenge, so I had to blindfold myself. <laughs> so I, I cut some of the vegetables, cut some of my fingers. You know, it was, it was a mix. But the important thing is, you know, I, I did the challenges on video. Um, you know, it was, it was worth it to be part <laughs> of this trend. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't watch any of those videos, but I assume some people do get hurt. No, we didn't even say uh, that like Netflix came out and said like stop doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you even watch like I, I only saw like two or three of them, and it's like holy shit! Like I can't believe a lot of a lot of it. Like this is one where like uh, a, a dad is doing it with his like two kids, and so they all put on blindfolds, and he runs like through a hallway, but uh, he's got the, his baby like holding or like you know a toddler holding one of his hands that just like runs straight into a wall. And it's like, oh my God. And, and this other guy, like, uh, they're out on the streets in New York and he's got the blindfold on and he just, like, runs into, like, a subway stairwell and, like, it looks pretty, like, dangerous, man. I'm, I'm surprised no one's died yet. It's, uh, it's rough. Yikes. It's pretty bad. It's like you can't, I know, I feel like we're in a world now where, like, you can't put anything out there because you don't know how people are going to interpret it and, like, try to do it on their own. Uh, I mean, the, the common sense is maybe out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're just getting old, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are, I think Kids the internet just in general makes people do dumb things. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, yeah, the, opp- the opportunity to like do something dumb and like go viral with it, it's just uh, outweighing any kind of common sense or logic. Yeah, it's basically like we live in a world that is funny as home videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one's watching that show anymore because you can just watch watch it on uh, on YouTube. Watching people's <laughs> yeah. home videos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which I- I'm surprised that show's even still on anymore. Is it still on? It probably is still on. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Carlton from uh, Fresh Prince is uh, the new host of that show. That is perfect. He is made (laughs) to host that show. (laughs) I know, I know. It's a a really good fit. It's a lot better than Danny Tanner, who it was when we were growing up. Oh, I loved him. uh, You liked him on there? I did. Uh, I just wanted to, I I thought he belonged in Full House, man. He didn't belong like hosting a show uh, (laughs) like that one. I mean, I don't know. He was just too much of a father. Yeah, but but he's also like a filthy stand-up yeah, comedian I know. yeah the alter ego of uh danny tanner it's pretty yeah. good uh so so the plot in this one um it's it's pretty straightforward uh and it kind of follows all the, a lot of the rules of like a typical zombie or uh, like a dawn of the dead or any type of movie where there's some kind of outbreak um one of the interesting things i think they try to do here is have like two different timelines so the movie opens with present day sandra bullock uh tying um uh blindfolds around two kids and putting them in a boat and basically telling them, like, you know, whatever you do, don't take off the blindfold. Otherwise, uh, you're going to die. Like, she's pretty blunt about it. Um, there's no, like, kind of sugarcoating. She's just like, you know, do this or you're going to die and we're getting on the river. Um, I think that's really all that happens in that scene, right? There's no other background explanation, is there? Yeah, they might, um, there might be an, I think there's an audio um, overdub of, like, a telephone call. Or it, or it sounds oh. like somebody on a walkie-talkie or a phone saying, like, we've got a community. It's at the end of yeah. the river. I think, like, a radio broadcast or something, yeah. Yeah, uh, basically, someone like, like saying, hey, yeah. there, there's a safe place at the end of the river. Like, you can come join us. Yeah, yep. And so and so that's one of the storylines that goes out throughout this movie is uh, them just, like, in a boat, you know, going, taking this long journey to somewhere presumably, presumably safer than where they are. Um, but then we jump back uh, to where most of the story happens, which is five years earlier. You have a young uh, expecting mother, um, Sandra Bullock, who uh, there's a scene where she's meeting with her sister, uh, played by, did you say that's uh, Sarah Paulson? Yep. Yeah. Um, and th- th- there's just some, you know, context setting where Sandra's expecting and she, you can tell like she has some issues with, you know, becoming a mother. She's not like really bought into it yet. Um I, I think, you know, she's still trying to make up her mind if she wants to keep it or not. Maybe is, uh, did I read that right? Is that, is that what they were talking about? It, yeah, it sounded like it. And she's like very, um, 
she's very like stiff and stern like she's yeah. not personable or friendly or yeah yeah but she's got short hair and it looks like pretty good so <laughs> that's that's also that, that should also be known um and uh and so you know you kind of uh, built a built some character there between her and her sister who's like you know more of a warmer person and trying to engage with her um sandra bullock's kind of like this removed artist type whatever um who's having a kid but does seems to be kind of grumpy about it um in the background uh there's a tv on it and it, it kind of starts to tell the story that in europe or in russia there's like some outbreak going on where people these masses of people are just killing themselves it hasn't come to the u.s yet um, but that's kind of like their way of like setting the context of like what's going on, um, you know, like kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen. Yep. So, uh, so they go to the hospital, um, you know, for a, you know, a checkup on the, on the baby. And, uh, I think on the way out is when things start to go kind of crazy. They, Sandra Bullock sees a woman like smashing her head against, uh, one of the windows and like jumping out and then like panic kind of hits and like things start going crazy at the hospital. People killing themselves, cars like driving all over the place. Her and her sister like book it out of there in a car. And, um, I think, yeah, while they're driving, like the sister kind of sees something and like it makes an expression. And then suddenly like she like starts driving uncontrollably and uh, tries to, you know, crash the car and Sandra blocks trying to like hold the steering wheel so they don't crash, but eventually they do. The car flips, uh, sister gets out of the car and she's just like looking really dazed and Sandra Bullock like doesn't really know what's going on and she's calling to her. But then uh, her sister kind of walks into the road and like walks into like an oncoming vehicle and just gets killed. Um, and outside you can see like everything's getting pretty chaotic. I, I thought like how quickly things got chaotic was, was cool. Like this was what, like 15, 20 minutes into the movie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I thought the pacing was, it was good. It picked up pretty quick. I thought this. this movie had good pacing throughout, yeah. And that yeah, first yeah. scare where the woman's smashing her head against the glass was that was great to me. Yeah, that was that was, that was pretty freaky to see. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um so so the the crowd, you know, outside it's like a mob, like people are like trying to kill themselves, other people are just trying to run away. Um Sandra Block is trying to run away and she gets called into this house by John uh by this this woman who comes and is like, you know, come in cuz they notice she's pregnant, they want to help her. Um, and then that woman that like sends her inside, she like suddenly sees something and, and that's the thing you never see like exactly what they see, but, uh, she sees something which like causes her to like go sit down in like this burning car and, and kill herself. Um, and so Sandra Bullock runs into this house that this woman came from and that's like kind of where John Malkovich is. And he's like this grumpy guy who was the husband of the woman that just killed herself. And, uh, he's just like upset that you know he's he's just like this grumpy guy he's like you know you're the one because of you my wife's dead and stuff he's he's got a gun and everything and so then we switched to in the house there are like well like 10 people in there i guess that have that are hunkered in something like that yeah yeah and, and we're introduced to the other characters this is where trayvant uh comes in with uh with his character um i think his name is tom right yeah in the movie yeah um, so, and, and then, uh, this is also like where we meet, um, the actor from Get Out. Uh, what'd you say his name was? Lil Ren Howery. Oh yeah. And he kind of is like the, 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 the trope, uh, nerd guy who like kind of figures it out and is like telling everyone like, uh, this is, you know, what's going on is like people are seeing something when they see it, it makes them kill themselves. And like, we got to close all the blinds and they're also seeing it on TV. Like people are saying like, stay inside, close the blinds, don't look. If yeah. you see it, it's going to make you kill yourself. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I I think they they set like the rules of this uh, pretty early on in the film. Like, I mean, do you I, I that part I thought was kind of unrealistic. Like how quickly they figured out like it is like how to like kind of avoid it. Did you find that believable? Um, I think sure. Like that could you could have chosen to make that a big plot point, but you've got enough else going on in the plot that I think it's fine to just say immediately. Yeah. Don't look at this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everyone, shut your eyes. Close the I think windows. it would be pretty, I think society would be pretty quick to figure it out. And it sounds like it had been happening for hours before yeah. in, in uh, like you said, Russia or Europe or wherever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they had some lead time to try to figure out what was causing it. Yeah. And also, man, that woman who stepped into the burning car, she it looked like she, like, saw her mom. She was like, Mom, oh, yeah. please don't go. Yeah. And just, like, calmly stepped into this burning car. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that, that was pretty disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, she just, like, calmly steps into, like, a burning car and lets it go. Yeah, awesome is probably not a great word, but, yeah, it was, it was haunting. <laughs> yeah, probably very haunting, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I think the movie turns into, like, you know, this group of survivors that are hunkered down in this house. Um, trying to like you know figure out how to make it work and things seem to be going okay. Um, another pregnant lady is is let in, so like Sandra Bullock now has company, um, where you know both of them are kind of like expecting mothers. Um, I think uh, so. Like uh, some of the interesting things that happen all in the house, they get to a point where you know they run out of food and they're trying to figure out like how to get to the grocery store. Oh, actually, before that, uh, we have B D Wong, uh, the guy who owns the house, uh, from Jurassic Park. He is like, you know what, I'll, I'll watch the security cameras because whatever's out there, we should be able to see it. Uh, and if I see it on a security camera, for some reason he thinks that won't affect him. I, I didn't understand his reason why. Did, did you understand that? I didn't. And that was, there are points where I'm like, okay, yeah, I, you're right, naysayers, that is dumb. Like, he was yeah. super confident that he could look at his security cameras and it wouldn't affect him. But I yeah, also think he, he was like, hey, like, somebody needs to do this and I'm okay if it's me. But yeah, they right. didn't play that. I don't think that was played very well. I think it just seemed like he thought it was gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, that shouldn't be an issue. I'll, I'll just take a look. Um, but yeah, they and and they like they like tie him up to a chair, put him in front of the computer, and they all leave the room. Then they like hear like some noise. They go up there, and he's like killed himself. Uh, and so clearly, like these things, if you see whatever it is out there, uh, it'll also um, you know come through a computer screen and kill you. Um, so technology we know, um, isn't like safe anymore. So, uh, yeah, they get to a point where they're out of groceries and, and I thought this was a cool sequence where, you know, a few of them decide to go to the grocery store. They have to jump into a car, but they're driving blind. Like they black out all the windows, um, and they're just relying on the GPS and the car has like a four way motion sensor. So it can kind of pick up like if there's like things around it. And this was a cool scene. Cause like, you know, they're driving blind, uh, towards the grocery store and like you can sense like they're these like demons or whatever like around their car and like tripping the sensors off and they're just like in the car like totally blind um just like hearing it and like you know the car alarm is going off so i thought this was a really cool sequence what, what did you think of this i thought it was decent i thought that that was another weak point for me where it's like it seemed a little unrealistic but um at the same time i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one arguing at the end of this that like you should suspend your disbelief and just enjoy the ride. So yeah, uh, yeah, that wasn't one of my favorite scenes, but it was the questionable mechanics of it. I was definitely willing to overlook because I was enjoying everything else. 
which uh, which mechanics of it, like the the practicality of like driving without being able to see, or the fact that like the car was picking up all the. Uh, I think the, the practicality of driving without being able to see, like even with the GPS and the motion sensors, like yeah, seems like it would be pretty challenging. And that, I think yeah. that in general is a a weak point, something that somebody could poke at in the movie. How often Sandra Bullock may be like running in the woods and not running into a tree, or like yeah. going down the yeah. river and somehow staying on course right i mean i know the water all flows one direction but like there are plenty of obstacles in a river oh yeah yeah for sure i know you're yeah, a I mean that... boater so <laughs> yeah exactly I, I know what it's like uh <laughs> I, I can feel the river you know the, the river speaks to you it tells you <laughs> in the quiet place episode you said hunting for fish instead of fishing <laughs> oh yeah you never go hunting for fish. It's like where you take your shotgun and you get on a boat. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real outdoorsman. You know, uh, that's that that's true. I mean, there's no way you could drive somewhere just based on GPS and and those sensors. But you know, the the, the sensors, I I didn't see that coming, and and their usage of that I thought was pretty inventive. Like that they could use those to like figure out oh there's something right in front of the car. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, re- realistically, like, you'd be like in your neighbor's house at some point. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was a cool sequence, uh, and, and like pretty, um, you know, pretty pretty frightening when you know they they, they know there's something outside the car and it's like uh, all around them, but they can't see it. And that's kind of like the biggest fear in the whole movie is like you can feel the presence of these demons, but you know you never actually see it, which I, I thought was a cool choice. Yeah, I like that that you can never see it. Great. Yeah. Choice. Yep. Anyway, man, I'm uh, sorry. I'll, I'm slowing you down. Keep going. No, no. I mean, and yeah, so the, then they go to the grocery store. They they pack up a bunch of stuff. And at this point, um, they hear someone banging on the door at the grocery store. It's like someone who used to, who works there. Because, um, yeah, one of the characters who's with them also works at the grocery store. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I know that person. He's not mentally well. Um, and uh, they they open the door to try to let him in. But then Sandra Bullock, like at this point, finds like some birds and has them on hand and the birds start going crazy and uh, they can kind of sense like something's wrong. And so before like this person banging on the door can get in, the the person that's with them kind of like runs out there and like tackles that guy and they're able to close the door again. And um, and then, you know, that guy dies outside. So I think here what they're trying to say, and, and we find this out later because like someone else like shows up at the door and like they let him in. But apparently one of the rules in this movie is that um, people like in the insane asylum or something, insane asylum, uh, aren't affected by the whatever phenomenon is going on and they can see it and they're going around like opening other people's eyes to get them to look at it. Did you understand that plot line? I did not understand that. And I didn't even catch that it was people who like had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still questioning. Is that, was that the case? Or was it just certain That's, people who saw it and then were like converted and could still look around and then wanted other people to see it? Um, you know, the, the way it was initially, initially presented, uh, it was those who are mentally ill. So then, and they refer to the guy who's at the grocery store as being mentally ill. And then the guy who they let into their house later on, um, he also says like these people escaped from asylum and they're going around making people open their eyes and look at it. So they did huh, make that yeah. uh, point. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I don't understand that, but I was I I felt it added a new creepy element, so I was along for the ride. Yeah, because now you know like that there's some humans uh, that like are immune to it and actually like side with whatever force is going on out there and are going around like getting people to like open their eyes and look at it. 
Yeah, and you, you were talking about similarities to zombie media, and yeah, like Walking Dead, a huge theme is that there, not only are there zombies, but there are human enemies too. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, the biggest uh, thing I think with zombie movies and, and and with this type of movie, a lot of it is like the the human element and like humans turning on each other and the and the drama that plays out. Yeah, like the um, motorcycle gang in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That come in right. Uh, and so, yeah, and someone in this one, like when they get back uh, from the grocery store, uh, one of the couples just like grabs the car and runs off. So they're kind of stranded there now. And then they let in this guy named Gary. Um, and everyone's kind of on edge, like John Malkovich, mostly like he's always got a shotgun and wants to shoot everyone. Um, but they lock him up in the garage. And Gary like tells them like these people um, who've escaped from an insane asylum are going around uh, making people look at it. But somehow he escaped. Um, but then, you know, we get to the scene where um, Sandra Bullock and the other uh, woman who's expecting are both going in labor and, and like giving birth at the same time. Um, and at that point, like the, this new character that they've let in turns out to be like one of the crazy ones. And like, he's like drawing all these pictures, I think of the demons, right? Yep. Which, which that was kind of cool. Cause yeah, throughout this whole movie, you never see them, but you see like what this guy's drawing and then that's pretty cool. Yeah, the drawings were creepy, and yeah, I like that. We got some kind of hint of what they may look like, but it was still really artsy and vague, so. Yeah, yeah, it was a good balance there. So while uh, the two mothers are giving birth, uh, Gary like kind of goes nuts. He opens all the windows in the place they're in. Uh, he, uh, I think, um, oh shoot, does he do something dead? No, he doesn't do anything to John Malkovich at this point, but... Um, yeah, he gets two of them, uh, one of the mothers that the one that isn't Sandra Bullock to like look out the window and after she gives birth and then she dies and another woman who's with them, she also has, is like forced to look out the window. She dies. Then, uh, John Malkovich like shows up and like shoots him. Um, but then like they get in a fight and John Malkovich dies. And then, uh, finally Tom, uh, you know, I think he was already knocked out downstairs. He like comes to, and he's able to like kill Gary and kind of save Sandra Bullock and, and the two kids, um, which I think ends the sequence of the five years past, right? Yeah, yeah, then they jump like five years ahead, or, yeah, like five years ahead. Yeah, yeah, they jump five years ahead, and yeah, throughout the movie, you know, they, sometimes it'll jump to clips of Sandra Bullock on this boat trip that she's on with these two kids who are all blindfolded, and like there's a sequence where like she runs into like a warehouse, and you can tell like something's chasing them, um, and there are a lot of scenes here where like the, you can sense the evil presence is there cause like it'll make a wind sound and like leaves will like go up in the air. Um, so it's kind of, you know, like they weren't showing it exactly, but there were different ways they were showing the presence of whatever and, evil thing this was. And sometimes it whispers to them and pretends to be someone they know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. And in these river scenes that they're flashing back to, she calls the kids boy and girl instead of by any name. And she's very stern with them. Yeah, exactly. She's like pretty cutthroat. Like, don't don't take your blindfold off. You're gonna die, and you don't have names. Your boy and girl. Yeah, it's pretty. Sounds sounds yeah. Uh, so then, um, so yeah, five years later. So it's her, uh, Tom. Those two have survived, and the two kids. They've like tried to create a life for themselves. They're not in that house anymore. They're like in some other location by the river. Um, they hunt around and stuff. There's this part where they're eating strawberry pop tarts, which is supposed to be like a happy moment. Um, and then I think what happens is like they, they get on a walkie talkie and they hear that down river, um, there is like a safe place and people are saying, come here. 
Um, so I think they're still arguing about it, um, you know, whether they should go or not. Uh, but what happens is a band of these, you know, humans who are on the sides of whatever is, you know, a supernatural thing is going on, show up and like intercept them. And so Tom basically sacrifices himself uh, and like goes out there and like fights them and ends up killing himself while Sandra Bullock and the two kids escape. The two kids are like, you know, four and five now, probably five and six, maybe. Or actually, they would be the same age. Uh, they would, they'd be around five, I guess. Uh, yeah, if, we, they, if it's not easily understandable, the kids are her kid and this other woman's kid who gave birth and then killed herself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they jump on this boat um, and they head down river for you know on a pretty pretty tough journey. They have to stay blindfolded the whole time. There's some rapids along the way. There's like a guy who even like tries to pull them out of the boat. Um, so it's it's a pretty rough ride there. And somehow, like, they end up uh, close in the vicinity of it. Um, it's them in a, in a box of birds. They take a bird box with them. And uh, the way that's the, the place is described to them, it's a place where, like, when you're close by, you'll hear a bunch of birds, so they know they're close by. Then there's this whole scene, like, where she loses them in the woods, and this is, like, where they hear, like, a bunch of voices, like, telling them to take the blindfolds off. And we know it's, like, this evil entity trying to convince them uh, to, you know, open and uh, take off their blindfolds kill themselves uh but somehow like they kind of come together again and they find the sanctuary and it turns out to be like a school for the blind was that was that what it was yep yeah and and in there for some reason like uh everything's like super safe and the movie kind of ends like she runs into her doctor um who you know you saw at the beginning at the hospital and uh and she gives the two kids names um and uh, and then that's kind of it, right? Yeah, pretty much. And I think at one point, to give this a little more significance, she scolds Tom for telling them a story about like kids playing outside. Yeah. And they have an argument about their parenting philosophies, and he's like, they need hope. And she's like, they'll never see that. They need to like, right? Know they that be this survivors. is their life. Yeah. And then like here they are in this garden playing. They have it. They're basically outside, but they've created it so these vines and plants like block out all the sunlight. Yeah, or, right. Like, essentially, encapsulate them. Where, where are they getting their food from? Uh, good question. I'm sure yeah. they've got. Huh. I don't know. Maybe they've got uh animals they're raising in that little. Oh area yeah. Or something. Little farm to table kind of scenario going on. Exactly. Dude, <laughs> uh, did you recognize there was a dude who? Um, was like the main guy at the school for the blind. He was who like yeah who, who greets them. Yeah, did you recognize yeah. him? No, he was the antagonist from um, oh shoot, what was that movie called? Devils. Oh, it's a Devil Wears Prada. Now. Devil's Candy. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh man, uh, that's yeah. No, I didn't recognize that guy at all. That's crazy. Yeah. Cool cameo. <laughs> yeah. This one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Like, there's a whole undertone of this movie. And this is, like, what people talk about, uh, about, like, the meaning in this movie. It's, like, it's about Sandra Bullock, like, not wanting to recognize her kids or, like, her parenting style or, like, even being, um, you know, bought into the fact that she's about to have a baby. Um, and I, I think it's, like, supposed to be an allegory of, of like, uh, you know, motherhood and, like, the coming to at the end where, like, she, like, accepts her children and she's uh you know finally naming them and stuff like that was that seemed like a big undercurrent for this film yeah i think so for sure and like her character's development was like and like 
the utilitarianism of being like hard and um, mm-hmm. kind of a skeptic almost like that was a theme with John Malkovich's character too. Like he didn't want to let that dude Craig or Greg or whatever was his name was in the house. Oh and yeah, that was what ended up killing being them, right? the downfall of almost everybody in that house. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, with a I, lot of these characters, and it gets criticized for this, a lot of these characters are kind of the typical right. characters in a movie like this. Like one who's more suspicious, one who's like, we have to give these people a chance and like save these people. Exactly. But I don't know, man. I think that's a formula that works. Like, <laughs> if yeah. We're in a society right now where pretty much every person in the world goes to see the next Marvel movie. Like, yeah, those are exactly. formulaic as shit. It doesn't mean <laughs> they're not good. Like, that's true. And and I wonder if like you do put ten people in a room in like the scenario if that's naturally going to happen is you would come up with like those like personalities. I, I wonder if that's based on anything. But yeah, the, 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 you're right. The the people in this felt like very stereotypical, like of what the characters generally become in these scenarios. Yeah, like you have the the hardcore one, the one who's like more willing to let people in, the one who kind of explains everything. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which yeah, I'm totally f- I'm fine with that. Like. It's funny though because like I feel like sometimes if you like a movie, you can find all these, you can ignore all these flaws, and if you don't like a movie, you point them out. I don't know yeah. if they're always the the real reason you like or don't like a movie, but you feel you have to have these rational reasons to justify your like or dislike of something. Like yeah, if <laughs> I hated just, these, this movie, I'd yeah. be like saying, oh, it's there's so many plot holes and the characters are all like yeah. paper cutouts. <laughs> Yeah, but like and it, now I liked yeah. it, so I'm saying, oh, I can ignore all that. Like, I know, I know these these same things. I feel like you could use to critique another movie. Yeah, I do, it. I do. Yeah. I critique these things in other movies. So yeah, it's hard to stay consistent. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the overall takeaway there is it's just fun to critique movies. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> necessarily you, matter. Did you uh, like the? I, I thought one issue you might have with this, and I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Did you find like the dual timelines effective or needed? Um, I thought it added some, a little bit of depth to it. To kind of know like where this movie's headed, um, like throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of get a reveal of like, okay, this is who these two kids are. Yeah, um, yeah. But it wasn't any like mind blowing, like oh, that's how we got to here. But I thought it. I thought it added to the overall pacing of it because I I don't just I really liked the pacing like yeah this movie just did a lot of things right in terms of the viewer's experience to me yeah I agree it it was a really fun watch um, yeah. ultimately yeah which, it was, was good, good acting I never got bored the yeah. score I thought the score was great it was yeah score was really cool as we said um, done by an Academy Award winning duo and I thought it it fit the movie very well too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They did, unlike another film. Unlike the next week's episode, Nightbreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This film, uh, the score, I thought, yeah, went went along really well. One of the downfalls for me, though, I I thought the third act was like unnecessary or un- unneeded. The the one where like they're scrambling in the woods. Like this movie could have ended with like her just taking off in the canoe and heading down river, and you don't know like do they get to where they're going uh, or not. Like I thought like. The third act, like someone was like, "Oh shoot, we set up all this character," and at the beginning, we kind of talked about like some personality issues and and maybe like some challenges with like accepting p- 
people and connecting to people. Like, how do we throw it in like the last 20 minutes? Like, it just felt like so separated from the rest of the story. Did, did you feel that at all? No, I actually really liked that sequence. I thought it added some tension and it like made the relief all the more relieving. Were they chasing came. each other in the woods? You, you like that sequence? I did, yeah. And there, some of it tied into her personality and her development as a character because the kids were hearing her voice, like the demon was mimicking her voice, demon yeah. or monster or whatever, telling them to take their blindfolds off. Right. And they didn't know who to believe. While her, She was also yelling, like, no, leave it on. Yeah. And her son kind of told her, like, th- that girl was scared of her. Oh, and, like, yeah. Didn't right. know what how how to act or what to believe. Yeah, um, yep. And I think she kind of had to lean more heavily on a nurturing side there to get the girl to come around and yeah. not take her blindfold off and, and come to her physically. Interesting. Yeah, you might you might be right. You know, I, I think the movie's almost like broken up in two halves. Like the first one's all about her like surviving and then the second half of that whole canoe trip and, and that scene um, is more about like her kind of stepping into like motherhood and like learning how to like connect with her kids and uh you know get them to trust her as well so maybe it was purposely done that way then yeah and like the whole clash between to add to what you're saying the whole clash between her and tom was like she was teaching them how to survive and tom was like surviving isn't living yeah and i think the first two acts were her like the first act was her like knowing how to survive second act was teaching her kids how to survive yeah third act was her realizing finding the living in surviving yeah, right. Yeah, that's pretty deep, actually. I, Boom. I, yeah, some good good uh, parenting themes there. Good good messaging. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, how, and oh, sorry. One last thing. What was the deal with the birds? Were they needed? Did they serve any value in this? I think it was a nice tension builder and just like a nice plot mechanic that you have this source of warning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think we ever came right out and said, "Oh yeah, you did." But the birds, the birds warn you when the demons are coming. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like you could use them effectively. Where like you could take a blindfold off and then you hear the birds and you put it back on. I mean, by the time the birds start going, you're probably, you know, out, out of luck. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And like questions like that in a movie like this pop up. Like. Yeah. And people online are like, why couldn't they do this? Or why did they do this? And, oh, the monster <laughs> couldn't come bring- in a house? Like, when they're in a house, they can take their blindfolds off. And it's just like, yeah. to me, I'm like, shut up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a movie about a giant monster or demon that <laughs> makes you die by suicide if you look at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there doesn't have to <laughs> don't be start, logic Don't start questioning aspect. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as it uh, tries its best to hold the pieces together, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It did it, its part in that. And uh, and it sounds like we both uh, liked the fact that it didn't show the monster. I, I did see. Did you read that there was a version uh, or a scene that they had which showed like uh, Sandra Bullock's version of the monster? I did see that, and that was a little confusing. Some I read somewhere that she kept laughing when they would show it, so like oh. they didn't take it. And then other I read somewhere else that it was just cut. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad they cut it. And, and, and again, like, uh, I, th- I think the monster people would see would be, like, specific to, like, whatever their fear was or whatever. And the one that uh, leaked online is a scene where, like, Sandra, I guess, would see, um, like, a, a baby, like a scary-looking baby, and that oh, would have made her right. kill herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like okay. I feel like maybe we talked about this in the Void episode. I feel like many a horror movie is ruined by trying to explain the circumstances, the creepy circumstances. Yeah. 
Right. Um, like the void had such a great setup, and then the end was just the guy explaining what was happening. And I was like, oh, that was yeah. all. But <laughs> so yeah, that, that ten minute lecture. At the end. Try to yeah. explain it in this. I think it would have ruined it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Too much explanation definitely kills the the horror side of it. Yeah, I think few things are scarier than the unknown. Agreed. Agreed. Well, uh, so how many blindfolded kids floating in the river would you give this one? I would give it four blindfolded kids floating in the river. I really liked wow, it. Wow, that's pretty generous, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you were so impressed by this. Had had myself a good time. <laughs> Went to the movies, checked out. <laughs> Relaxed, had a good time, yeah. Ah, man, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, this this is a, a good one. It's it really fun to watch. And I, I was really down on that, that ending, but I think talking to you through it, um, you know, it, was, it, it had its place. But um, I don't know, something about just the lack of originality on this one. Um, I, and I get, like, it's pulling the family theme, which, like, a lot of the most, like, recent horror films, like, have kind of gone down that theme. But it just kind of felt like, I feel like a, a robot could have written this movie. Like, it could have said, well, family-themed horror films are great. Uh, the happening was okay. Uh, zombie films, people like zombies, um, you know, and, and like, how do we combine all that together? Um, so something about this felt a little manufactured. So that's that's the only downside for me. And so I, I think I might only give it like three uh, kids in the river. Yeah, man. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it though. Yeah, definitely a fun watch. I, I, I recommend it. Uh, cool. Great. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for our episode, folks. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our discussion about Bird Box. If you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. Or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Be sure to check out Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're shopping for a car, make sure it's one of those that has all those sensors because you never know... When are you going to be driving in the dark and having to rely on your GPS? 